Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminals, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by Tabitha and Katie. Hey guys, it's Tabitha. And I'm Katie. Uh, so, howdy strangers. Howdy. <laughs> it's been a while. It's um, been a while. It's been a while <laughs> since I could... Hear really the cool. way you taste. I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right, we gotta start over. No, just kidding. No, just kidding. Keep it in. Uh, yeah, um, I'm sure you guys are just tired of us. Or our excuses. <laughs> it's just it's the same as always. We Personal can't say it's been a life brain. anymore. <laughs> no, I know. It's um, it's just a lot of good things going on, and both of us moving, and like Tabitha moved three thousand miles in two days, so. Yes. Hello from Florida. Yeah. Uh, so now she's three I'm hours ahead of me. <laughs> now fulfilling my destiny of being murdered by a serial killer, probably. <laughs> oh my God, don't say that. But really, she was showing me the stats, and I was like, um. <laughs> well, now every time I watch like a forensic files, they're like, and they were in such Florida, and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> One lonely day in the swamps. Seriously. <laughs> It's not the serial killers, it's the heat, or the lightning, or the alligators. I don't know. But for any listeners in Florida, please send me suggestions of things to do, because, yeah, I just moved here, I got a job out here, and I need to, I need to know what Florida's about, so show me. <laughs> Tell me. Show me your ways. Show me your ways. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so we are back, baby. <laughs> Back in black. We are back. We are back. I am recording. Um, the sound might be a little off tonight because, like we just said, Katie just moved into a new place. I'm in a new place. I don't even have furniture yet. I have a camping chair and um, an air mattress. <laughs> I do have a desk, and I'm currently holding like a foam pad around the microphone to try and help as much as I can diffuse the thunderstorm happening right now. So, so basically, we're in new places with the same struggles. <laughs> just that heat (laughs) yeah even though i guess you guys are having florida weather out in california so i don't know kind of weird (laughs) the area of california i'm in yeah (laughs) just the way it goes muggy and gross so but yeah so we're getting back on track um and we're actually going to be doing a couple different things lined up we're going to be having not every episode but on a couple episodes here and there we have some guests that are Mm going to be joining us so that's exciting and we may or may not be having a very exciting guest, but I'm not going to reveal that yet because I don't want to jinx it. So yes, yes, <laughs> we'll wait on that one. <laughs> so yeah, a couple different things to look forward to. Um, we have paused our patron membership fees for the last two months. So thank you guys for still hanging out. <laughs> um, yeah. We will start those again next month. And 
but I mean, you guys still get all the perks for being a Patreon. We're just not going to charge it because, you know. We feel bad. We feel bad. We've been lazy <laughs> as fuck, let's be yes. honest. <laughs> you um, don't need to pay us for doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of our Patreons, she's actually a friend of ours, but she's like, saw the sticker, the crime junkie one on my computer. And she's like, I want that sticker. And I'm like, didn't I mail that out? And she's like, no. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Oops. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm going to mail you guys some stuff. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, so we got some cool stuff. Today was originally we were just going to record a single shot episode. But then as I started looking at it, I'm like, this is actually kind of long, like yeah. longer than a single shot episode. If you guys are new, our single shot episodes are for our Patreon usually and they're like they're anywhere from five minutes long to 20 minutes long 30 minutes long but they're usually pretty short and this one's a little bit longer so we decided we would go ahead and make up a drink for you guys that we are trying and mm-hmm. i'm definitely gonna have a headache in an hour because i do sugar, not sugar. drink sugar like this anymore <laughs> yes. but our cases we're actually going to be talking about two different cases um and they are actually little child murderers which is something everyone dreams about right (laughs) totally what you want to think about oh my gosh no (laughs) (laughs) no 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 but yeah so we have some some uh some cases involving some true spawn of satan kids Mm -hmm. and uh what better than to cheers with some some uh some sugary drinks (laughs) that's what kids drink i guess so this cocktail that we are I don't know. We just randomly came up with this title, honestly, like five seconds ago. (laughs) We're calling it uh, Strangle Patch Kids. (laughs) First, they're sour. Then they kill you. (laughs) Yeah. So you're going to take, oh my gosh, it's been too long. You're going to take an ounce and a half of vodka in your cup. So fill up a cup. Man, it has been a while. Okay, take your glass, put some ice in it. (laughs) Take your vodka, put an ounce and a half of vodka in there. Then you're going to get an ounce of watermelon pucker and put that in there. And then you're going to kind of swirl it around town. And then you're going to top it off with some Sprite and dump in some watermelon Sour Patch Kids. So it's fizzy and and it's sugary and it's very cheap, but just like cocaine. (laughs) In Florida. In Florida. (laughs) I don't know. Is cocaine a Florida thing? <sighs> I don't know. I think everything's a Florida thing. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. But Hopefully cheers, not. guys. Um, <laughs> cheers. And thank you again for being patient with us. We're, yes. we're coming back. We're coming back. Coming back strong. Yeah. We're, this is going to be our comeback. We're like the retired... Uh, rock stars or whatever it's like i'm going back on retired home. rock stars well <laughs> i don't think we're ever rock stars ever no. out of all five listeners <laughs> which we love yeah. <laughs> yeah. we did lose a couple i think probably um and i say i understand i understand <laughs> um but but here you we know <laughs> keep moving forward yeah. So let's get to the uh, to the main event here. Children yes. of the so corn. I'm going to start with the first uh, little 
little murderer. Who <laughs> um, was Mary Flora Bell? She was born in Corbridge, Northumberland, England, on um, or in May of 1957. Um, her mother was a 17-year-old sex worker named Betty Bell, um, and she was actually Betty's second child. Um, and she, Betty, did not want children. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, and so at Betty or at Mary's birth, Betty reportedly said, get that thing away from me when oh the nurses God. placed Mary in her arms for the first time. So that's like, you know, that's quite the, quite a way to come into the world. Um, her father was unknown, but shortly after her birth, Betty married um, a gentleman named Billy Bell. And that's who... Um, Mary had his last name. For a but. second, I thought you were talking about the baby, and I'm like, the baby married someone? But then I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, Betty <laughs> I, Bell is not the kid. Betty Bell's the mom. From the way I worded okay. that, I could definitely see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you that? Betty Bell and Billy Bell, really? Wait. No. Betty and Billy Bell? Wait, wait, yeah. wait. Betty married Billy Bell. Was his last name Bell also? Or... or? Her last name was Bell only after she got married. Sorry. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, I don't remember what her, her maiden name was. Not in um, But, <laughs> yes, not incest, no child bride. <laughs> <laughs> Betty and Billy Bell have very Bell. So. Um, anyway, and Billy was a violent criminal um, as oh, well. Perfect. So he was often, um, he was an alcoholic. He was also often in jail. So there's a lot of times he just wasn't around because he was in and out of prison. Um, and then Betty was often gone from home as well because she would travel to a larger city, um, Glasgow, for work um, because she could get more work over there. So, um, and so during when her father, if her father wasn't around because he was off doing his thing or in jail and her mom was out doing her thing um, mary would be left alone with neighbors or even strangers sometimes um to kind of take care of her um and so uh but when betty was around mary and then her older sister Catherine were often injured um one because they were neglected a lot and so they would you know kids hurt themselves all the time um or because betty just didn't care and would hurt them um and then she tried to sell Mary to a stranger at one point. Um, and the stranger, like, actually purchased this child and um, left with her. And then Catherine, who was still a child herself, um, you know, Mary's older sister, went over and um, told her aunt. And then her aunt uh, had to go back and get, you know, Mary back from that stranger. So... Anyway, some family members offered to take the sisters from Betty, but she always refused, um, even though she did, obviously didn't want the kids as well. I don't know why she wouldn't just give them to a family member. Uh, and then there were rumors that Betty, the reason why Betty wanted to keep the girls was because she allowed her clients to sexually abuse them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so, And then also Betty would often drug Mary with sleeping pills when clients were over um, so that she wouldn't bother them like by waking up and wanting something from her mother. So um, she would just drug her with sleeping pills. Wow, how nice. <laughs> yeah. How motherly. <laughs> yeah, so home life obviously wasn't good. <laughs> hey, Florence Nightingale of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so no surprise here, from a very young age, Mary was very violent. 
She had bursts of anger towards family members and at school. And then while in kindergarten, she actually tried to strangle a classmate. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> how old are you in kindergarten? Like six? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So she's just like a six-year-old strangling her classmates. Like, I'm trying to think just... what I was doing in kindergarten. And I mean... Probably not strangling people. <laughs> no, definitely not that. I was trying to get a boy to like me when I was in kindergarten. <laughs> I remember that this other girl, so his name was Jimmy. I think his name was like Jimmy Bean, which is funny. Cause like Jimmy Bean? But his name was like Jimmy Bean. I'm sorry <laughs> if I'm calling you out right now, Jimmy Bean. But that's such a you basic name. I, breakfast I don't think anyone can find you. So, But anyways, I had like a big old crush on him in kindergarten. I remember that one day he sat next to like this girl, like, they got partnered up desk buddies and he was wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt and she was wearing a Minnie Mouse shirt and they're like, oh, look, they can kiss. And they made their shirts like kiss. And I was like, and literally on recess, I had my little posse and I was telling them about my plan to pinch my cheeks really hard to make them pink so I would look prettier. (laughs) It's a very complex plan, actually, for a six-year-old, but I vividly remember this. Oh, my God. Jimmy Bean, if you're out there, I still love you. No, just kidding. <laughs> Call me. Uh, He's probably, like, in prison or something. I don't know. When I was six, I I went was... to the school in the ghetto, so I'm just saying. Oh, my God. Uh, when I was six, I think I was collecting bugs a lot. Like, I was really into bugs when I was a kid, and I would just put them in my jewelry box. Oh, That's probably what I was doing. I liked I to six. rip worms <laughs> apart. Hmm. Not the same. Or watch them drown in puddles. <laughs> <laughs> or put salt on snails. I, I am not a serial killer. My brother did. Okay. So, um, <laughs> when I was a kid, I had some pet snails, and I put them in an aquarium. Um, and I would, like, give them leaves and, like, twigs and shit. And uh, my brother got mad at me, and he went and salted all of them. Oh, my God. And I just I remember so because pissed. I had a garden, and my mom was telling me, oh, no, the snails are eating your garden. So they had some kind of, salt, like, snail thing that they would put on there. Oh, yeah. And then color. someone's like, oh, you could just put salt on it. I was like, okay. So I started doing it. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> all right, Chucky. Went a little bit too far. <laughs> I wasn't strangling kids, though, okay? Um, I don't know. <laughs> just worms. No, just kidding. Oh, <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to Tabitha's, ch- I mean, Mary's childhood. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so the family moved to Newcastle upon Tyne and, um, when Mary was around 10. And she befriended a 13-year-old neighbor named Norma Jean Bell, and so, yes, her last name was also Belle, but they weren't related at all. Also, why is Norma Jean such a popular name in this time frame? Like, I know. It's two names that just always went together, I feel like. Norma Jean. <laughs> I actually know a Norma Jean. Yeah, so I don't know. Anyways. From the 50s? <laughs> no. <laughs> then, no, it was the 60s. Yeah, 60s. Um, anyway, whatever. Um, and so Mary and Norma both shared the same violent tendencies. So this was like a friendship and made in heaven for them. Um, on May 11th, 1968, Mary and Norma were brought in by police because a couple of alarming allegations were made against them. Uh, a three-year-old with a severe head wound was found wandering on the street, 
and he told police that he had been playing with Mary and Norma on top of an air raid shelter when one of them pushed him off and he fell seven feet. Um, I'm surprised that uh, that three-year-old survived yeah. falling seven feet. At three years old, head. you're like three feet tall. So, I mean, <laughs> literally. Like twice your height you fell and then hit your head. <laughs> so... Um, and then that same night that, um, the police found that three-year-old wandering the street, um, some parents called the police to complain about Mary and Norma. And they told the police that their, um, that those two girls had tried to strangle their three daughters while they played in a sand pit. Um, Mary had gone up to one of them and said, what happens if you strangle someone? Do they die? And then started choking each of the girls until they turned purple. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Also, how strong is this girl? I know. She has like Arnold Schwarzenegger arms on yeah. a 10 year old. Popping them like grapes. <laughs> I mean, it is like physically exhausting, so I'm told, <laughs> to strangle someone. I, I mean, it was when I strangled the worm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine like someone with child fingers trying to do that. Ooh. I know, like a 10 year old. But um, because Mary and Norma were so young, the police just gave them a warning. They're like, hey, stop pushing three-year-olds off of air raid stations and strangling other little girls. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> oh, sure, sir. Yeah, whatever you say, officer. Like, what the fuck? Um, and then, of course, two weeks later, something else happens. Um, the day before her 11th birthday, Mary committed her first murder. So two boys were playing in an abandoned house as one does, um, when they discovered the body of a five-year-old named Martin Brown. Mary and Norma were hanging around the house when police arrived, um, wanting to go inside and see the dead body, but they were told to go home. Um, And then no cause of death could be found by the coroner, so he assumed that Martin had accidentally poisoned himself with pills from a pill bottle that was nearby. Then the next day... Mary was at Norma's house and was trying to choke Norma, her friend. Oh my gosh. Um, but Norma's father walked in and slapped Mary across the face and told her that she had to leave. It was either choke or be choked, probably, in that friendship. <laughs> I know, seriously. They're both, like, choking each other to see who passes out yeah. first. Um, and uh, anyway, so when Mary left, she broke into the local school and wrote some notes in there. And um, so the stuff I'm going to say... This is what Mary wrote. This is not what we're saying. <laughs> um, okay. Some of it's a little inflammatory. Um, one of the notes said, fuck off, we murder, watch out, signed Fanny and Faggot. Beep. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then the other one said, we did murder Martin Brown. Fuck off, you bastard. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> a few days later, um, she then went to Martin Brown's house and asked um, her mother, the Martin Brown's mother, if she could see um, Martin in his coffin. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. So obviously the mom was like, "Um, no." Uh. Yeah. So then at the end of July, which was just two months later, where is her parents? <laughs> um, oh, that's in right. Glasgow Never mind. Jail. I <laughs> yeah. I forgot. We went over Betty and Billy. <laughs> yeah, Betty and Billy Bill. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're not on the scene. I don't know what her sister is doing in all this. I also don't know how much older her sister was than her. So um, I don't think she was struggling. <laughs> so, um, 
Anyway, yeah. So at the end of July, which was just two months after Martin Brown's murder, a three-year-old named Brian Howe went missing. Uh, During the search party, Mary told Brian's sister that he might be playing by some concrete blocks. And when the sister went to go look for him there, she found his mutilated body. Uh, Brian had been strangled and then cut up on his legs and stomach with a razor and scissors that were both found nearby. An N had been carved on his body Uh and then had been changed into an M. And coroner was able to tell because it had been two different hand strokes that had made the n and the m good grief Um, it's not even like they had like the tv shows that we have today on right this is in 1968 how does this stuff come into their heads like yeah (laughs) they're crazy little kids um yeah and this is an 11 year old and a 13 year old doing this um so the coroner concluded that um, the murder had been a child because the force of which the cuts and then the strangulation had been made used very little force, um, which indicated that the murderer wasn't actually very strong, like didn't have the strength of an adult, um, but enough strength to kill, you know, a small child. Um, so local children were brought in by police and all were questioned. And then it was narrowed down to just Mary and Norma. Surprise, surprise. Um, so, I mean, Mary, how did they not go to them first? Like, right? I'd be like, okay, they're hanging around. They're asking to see bodies in coffins. Like, they're pushing they're, boys off. Right? Whatever. They're strangling like, each other in the sand pits. Like, that would be questioning them first and them only. Um, so, Mary's story was that she had seen an older boy attack Brian, but then Norma broke and told police that Mary was the one who had killed him. Um, and then when, during the examination of Brian's body, they found gray and maroon, like, clothing fibers, and the gray, I believe, matched Mary's clothing, and then the maroon matched Norma's clothing, so it put both of them at the scene. Uh, so they were arrested, and then they were taken to trial on December, um, in December of 1968. Uh, Norma actually ended up being acquitted because she was found to be developmentally delayed and, quote-unquote, under Mary's influence. Um, And so she was just let go. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's just put her back in society. wonder how she's doing now. (laughs) Yeah, she's probably strangling children still. I don't know. Um, And then Mary was charged with two counts of manslaughter, one for Brian and one for Martin, um, who was... Before they thought it was Martin had died because of pills, but after Brian's murder, they went back and looked at Martin's body and saw that he had very light bruising around his neck that had been missed before because it wasn't done with an, a lot of strength because he was three and Mary was 10. So um, they realized that he was the one, I mean, that he hadn't died from pills, that he had died from Mary or Norma. Um, So, Mary was sentenced to life in prison, but at the age of 23 in 1980, she was released. Um, You don't say. Yeah, she was given a new name so she can remain anonymous. And then four years later, she had a child. um, And then the child was given, like, you know, protections as well. And then when the child got older... Um, I think when she hit 18, um, the child found out um, about Mary's crimes. So Mary's daughter found out about her crimes because their identity was uncovered or whatever. 
and they both had to get their name changed again. And then they were driven to a safe house. And then they were actually both granted lifelong, um, and now I'm, I cannot say this word, <laughs> anonymity. <laughs> I wasn't you know. going to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they were both were able to re- remain anonymous. And then um, when uh, late, and actually 2009, Mary's daughter had a child herself and that um, they were also be that daughter's granddaughter is also allowed to be remain anonymous for the rest of their life. Um, so the, her whereabouts are unknown still. She's been out since she was 23. So she's obviously been out longer than she was ever in. Her prison. whereabouts are unknown, but we know she's had a child and a grandchild. <laughs> they both have made it to adulthood somehow. Um, so, oh my gosh. God. And then of course the, the families of Brian Howe and Martin Brown have been outspoken about her release and the fact that her children or her daughter and her granddaughter have been able to remain anonymous and that Mary herself has been able to remain anonymous all these years because they're just like, she's a murderer for I mean, you know, children's protection. She that means be. she only served like 10 years or whatever. Yeah. So she was in prison from the age of 11 to 23. Yeah. That's, yep. I'm sorry, but like, no, you killed not long people. Enough. Yeah. And not I'm, long enough. I'm guaranteed that in the seventies, we did not have, real mental health <laughs> like services no. we barely have them now <laughs> no at one point and pr- when she was in prison too i think which when she was like 16 or 17 she actually escaped for a short period of time and then got put back in and then still was released at age 20 oh my gosh <laughs> so, so like hide your kids hide your wife <laughs> bloody mary's coming to town oh my god <laughs> i remember just being like, so scared to do that when i was in middle school oh I, I won't do it even now i still won't do it now no, no. hell no i ain't getting my ass haunted i don't want to talk about it right now <laughs> i know there's a mirror in my room that can hear me <laughs> i'm staring at a mirror right now <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so that's that's mary the little murderous mary bell um who's still alive and may or may not still be committing murder like i just don't know how she was released and then hasn't committed a murder since like how do you just quit cold turkey after you kill two children within two months and and like that level of like i mean that to carve your initial into someone's body like that and to mutilate them i mean that's not just like Oh, you know, I pushed him off something. I mean, that's not good either. Yeah, but yeah. This is more hands-on and like yeah. strangling and seeing the life literally mm-hmm. leave their body Unless like that. It was really Norma who had done it, because Norma Maybe. just got out off with it scot free. But either way, some that girl's out here somewhere. Yeah. Doing either shit. way, one or two or whatever murderers oh, are just have just been on the loose. So. Yeah. Oh, Try to think how old. So they would be in their 60s now. Yeah. Oh yep. my gosh. Oh my gosh. So watch out for those grandmas, y'all. Granny gonna get ya. Granny gonna get ya. <laughs> All right. So this next uh, child of the corn <laughs> might be even the world's youngest serial killer, supposedly. Mine is not as in-depth as Katie's. Um, part of that, I think, has to do with just kind of the background of this child and that there's really not a lot of information about him and he's been kind of a spotlight in the news as of late 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he showed up on my Google search. Like I get Google alerts for serial killer things. He showed up and I immediately sent the link to Katie. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was all reading what? it. I'm like, Damn. so <laughs> I don't know if I want kids anymore, guys. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine like having a child and then they're carving their name onto some other person's child's body? <laughs> Yeah, they're like six or seven or however old they are. Oh my gosh. Like horrific enough, I'm sure, for the parents of serial killers, like who are doing this stuff as adults. But like, you know, they're like 10. (laughs) They're like, if I choke them, will they die? (laughs) I I don't know if this is something that I should publicly say. Like, well, I just mean like, because I have no research or really any knowledge about what goes on in a child's mind for them to do this. But I just feel like if you're a child, you know, under the age of 10 and you're doing something like that and that extreme, like there is no normal life for you. Like, no, you I don't think so either. To, like Ed Kemper, like that kid needed to be con- constantly in a system. Yeah. Like that is the only way that they can be a part of society. Yes. Even a small amount. Like there's just no way. I mean, I I don't think there's really any, I don't, I mean, obviously when you get older, I'm like, yeah, for life or whatever. But how some people are like, oh, but they're just a child. They're like, yeah, but they're, they're not a normal child. So they don't. And they're so capable of hurting people. Yeah. As we had just solved. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So this kid's name is uh, um, <laughs> Amarjit Sada yeah. is how I'm going to say it. And if I'm wrong, I'm really sorry. Uh, like I said, he could be the world's youngest serial killer. If not, then he is definitely India's youngest serial killer. So Amarjit Sada is how I'm going to say it. And we're just going to accept that, okay? Because I don't know. <laughs> He was born in the year 1998, which is so weird to me to say that right now, guys. I'm like, what? 98? Anyways, I'm old. Um, So he was born in the village of Musahar, which is in... I'm also going to say some of these names wrong, and I'm so sorry. I'm going to say Bihar in India. And in the year 2011, just a little brief... Uh, so we know what kind of village this is. In the year 2011, the census of India surveyed that the population around this area was roughly around 250,000. But there's been a lot of arguing on if that's accurate or not, because a lot of activists have come out and said, no, the population is actually way larger. And it's more like 4 million, which I'm like, how the difference? Yeah. How do you go from 250,000 to 4 million? I feel like it's probably, and again, I don't really know Indian government, but I know U.S. government, and I could see someone trying to shortchange the amount (laughs) so that they don't have to pay as much money or attention to that part of the country or something like that. Because the people who live in Musahar are extremely poor, and it's a very rural area. And everyone there is working in agriculture. They are laborers. They are field workers. Their children work alongside them. No one really lives in the actual city. Actually, only 3% of the Musahar population lives in the quote-unquote city area, which it's not a city like what we think of as a city. 
this is a village, remember? So it's a it's a very poverty stricken area. And unfortunately, a lot of people that live there have diseases like malaria or black fever. And it's just, uh, it's a rough life growing up there for sure. You don't really have anything. And like I said, it doesn't even seem like the government wants to acknowledge There's no resources for them. No resources or anything. And these laborers sometimes can even go six to eight months without any work because it's kind of like a contract like someone will come and hire them to Sign do something me up. No, I'm just kidding. yeah <laughs> six to eight months of no work <laughs> i mean <laughs> i think i'd get bored you live in california you you would not survive <laughs> no i would be out on my ass after month one yeah like, we live paycheck to paycheck. Let's not yeah. pretend like we didn't just almost die during 2020. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, we almost didn't make it at all. When Katie and I were roommates, um, <laughs> payday it's loans were a common thing. Yeah. Don't ever do them, guys. They're terrible. I'm telling you guys that it is better to struggle than to feel the shackles of debt from a payday <laughs> loan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you guys about this one offer from a payday loan. They were going to loan me $600, but they wanted me to pay back $3,000. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? So I took it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a deal. <laughs> There's been times, though. No, times. no, no, no. You have to weed out the good ones. The ones that are like, oh, we give you two fifty five, and you pay us 300 you know? I liked the ones where, because <laughs> we did this a lot. Um, I liked the ones where they're like, oh, well, if you pay us back within 24 hours, you don't owe extra. And then I would get paid like the next day, but I had to make rent the, you know, the day before. Yeah, that's and what so it I always like, was. It was always running like... to pay them. And I would see their eyes like not like the light leave them because they're like, damn, we aren't going to be able to fuck her over for all this extra fees. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like hustling, taking like 50 tables outside my section. <laughs> I know they're like, are you on your like 50th day of work? I'm like, yeah. They're like, yeah, I need to take it all off. Um, I can't afford to. <laughs> Can I just clock in as somebody else and take their tips? <laughs> you could pay them the hourly. You could pay the hourly. I just need the tips. <laughs> just the tip. Anyways, um, so back to this uh, poor actual dealing with poverty. Not really Katie and I. Yeah. We, we had the poor, option to we go and not... do payday loans. These people did not. So. <laughs> not the option. I had a yeah. nice bed. So, you know, different. <clears throat> so in this... Village is where this, uh, sadly, this horrible child was created. Um, so not a whole lot, like I said, is really known about Amarjeet's history other than his father was one of the field workers. And so it just seemed like he could just kind of was like one of the many children that grew up in this area. Uh, his first recorded murder, he committed at the age of seven. Seven years old. Seven years old. It's a baby. So while I was plotting to get Jimmy Bean to like me, this guy was murdering someone. Like, oh my gosh. Him and Mary would have hit it off. (laughs) They would have, but they're like 50 years apart. So he was seven in the year 2006, which also I was in high school then. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my God. So was I. Yeah. That's not cool to think about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, so he murdered his six-year-old female cousin and 
I don't know the de- we don't know the details on how he did that, but I'm going to guess by how he murdered the other victim that it was by strangling. And hence the strangle patch kid. Hence the strangle patch kids. <laughs> yep, they come. Uh, and then he also is recorded to have murdered his eight month old baby sister, which is horrible and that one i think i read that somewhere that they were saying suffocation so i'm not sure again if it was strangulation or suffocating or smothering something like that but really sad also i'm just kind of confused a little bit and i'll I'll get this in a moment but it's just kind of well i'll just carry on (laughs) (laughs) so lastly the third victim he's recorded having murdered uh, a neighbor, one of his neighbors in the village, she left her six-month-old baby, Kushbu, sleeping at the nursery in the kind of like little village area. It's kind of where they, I think like it was more like a group nursery, like everyone kind of pitches kept, in to watch yeah, each other. Yeah, pitches in kids. to help each other and yeah. things like that. But I don't think anyone was watching Kushbu. So she kind of left the baby there to, while she ran a couple errands. And when she came back, her baby was missing. So her and a few other villagers formed a search party to kind of look around the village to see where they could find Kushbu, and they could not find her. And then Amarjeet just, I don't know why, but he freely admitted to, yeah, I kidnapped your baby, and I took her over there, and I hit her with bricks, and then I strangled her, and then I buried her in a field over here. So he took them to the field where he buried them. I don't know why it is at this time that the police are involved. Like, I don't know why the murder of his cousin or his baby sister, the police, for some reason, are not involved. Or maybe parents are just, like, covering it up. Or maybe deaths just happen often. I'm not sure. I feel like the parents probably were covering it up since yeah. it was a son. And, and he was family, killing a girl girls. cousin and a girl daughter, you know, a daughter. Yeah. Um, And then... Because now it extended to outside of the family. Obviously, this woman whose daughter he just killed isn't going to cover it for him. Yeah, I mean, I I hate to say it, but it's actually very true that in, in India, I mean, females are not valued as much as males. It's just it's just what it is. So yeah, I could definitely see that happening. <clears throat> So this is really sad. The police said that while they were interviewing him, that he showed no remorse and that he even laughed when he was talking about how he killed his sister and his cousin. So I think at this point he uh, talked about how he did that. According to an article published by The Sun, one psychologist called him a sadist who derives pleasure from inflicting injuries. And the other doctor that interviewed him or, you know, whatever whatever you call it, examined him, (laughs) not interviewed him, (laughs) examined him. Uh, They said that this child has no sense of right or wrong. So since children cannot serve jail time under Indian law, Amarjeet was held in a children's detention home until he was 18 years old. And then he was released in 2016. (laughs) And we don't know where he is now. He's out doing whatever he's doing, like all these other child murders. I know who are getting let go. <laughs> like what the, what the heck? I this he's probably killing other people now. 
like Amarjeet. Look out for Amarjeet. Of course, the only picture we have of him is when he's like eight years old. So we have no idea what he looks like now. Yeah. But oh uh, I'm crossing India off my bucket list. No, just kidding. <laughs> Oh totally my god, kidding. it's such a big... <laughs> There's like thousands of murders in Florida and California. I know, but I'm afraid of this one. <laughs> Literally, the U.S. has so many serial killers. I know. <laughs> well, I think the chances are you would be fine. Actually, I just thought about it. Both of our serial killers are foreign, because yours is from England, right? Yes. Yep. That accent. Yep. <laughs> I won't even try to do an Indian accent. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. After you, if the then we was... were canceled. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's the uh, sour patch. I'm sorry, strangle patch kids. <laughs> strangle patch kids. <laughs> Sounds so horrible. Oh my gosh! Honestly, like... I have to say that a child like. Just the thought of a child murderer coming into my room, like, in the middle of the night versus, like, some strange man <laughs> is so much scarier to me. It's scary because it's unexpected, right? Yeah. Like, kids are cute, especially, uh, like, ooh, this one, uh, like, he was seven years old. Like, if a seven-year-old right came at me, I'd be like, oh, hi, like, you know, possessed. where's your mom? <laughs> They're demon-possessed. That's all I'm going to say. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, mm, <laughs> I'm spraying you with holy water, and I don't know. And then all like, of a sudden, it's suffocation, no breathing. <laughs> it's like if a man came into my room and tried to, like, murder. I don't know why I'm going with this scenario that someone's coming into my room in the middle of the night. And I don't want you, you like, safe. <laughs> I'm going to, like, triple lock my doors tonight. But I just feel like, okay, I would just immediately go into, like, yeah, I need to, like, kill this person like you know like beat yeah, him up with whatever myself. i could defend myself but if a child comes in you're going to be super confused and it's like like you said just so unexpected it's like i would be concerned doing? i would be like where are your parents like are you lost like i would not be like but i think i'd be like that for me? five seconds and then i would see that the blackness in their eyes and i would yeah baseball bat them to the head <laughs> baby bottle bop them out of here <laughs> Yeah, little demons. <laughs> yeah. Demons. Uh-uh. <laughs> so if you guys have kids, um, <laughs> watch your sleeping tonight. No, just <laughs> watch your necks. They strangling everybody out here. The little tiny fingers, like how? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they'd be able to kill, you know, like an adult, obviously. But they're like going after children that are younger or weaker than them. Yeah. Like true. serial killers do. <laughs> so, true. True, true, true. Um psychotic little bastards yeah god all right guys well it's been fun i know we're a little rusty and still trying to get back into the swing of things but uh thanks for listening yes (laughs) and we do like we said we have a couple things coming up a couple little uh friends of ours are going to be guest i should say guest starring on some episodes so that will be cool Mm-hmm. And then spooky season's coming up, so we'll have to do something extra special for that, of course. Some extra spooky things, yeah. So yeah, if you are not already following us on Instagram, please do at Crimes and Cocktails. Uh, don't follow our TikTok because I'm honestly never on there. We can't <laughs> even get in, right? We can't even get into our TikTok right now. No, I don't think we can. St- we I don't can. Think so 
whatever you fucking know. You follow my TikTok. I don't if know. you want to email us, you can do that at crimes.cocktails at gmail.com. Yes. Yes. Um, Send us some spooky, like, things that we should cover or other child murders or... If you suspect <laughs> your little cousin of being a murderer, let us know. Yes. Um, <laughs> and we do that. have a Twitter that's also, I think it's Cocktails Crimes, but yes. I also rarely post on that. I'm going to get so much better, guys, about posting. <laughs> it's been just like two months of nothing, so I'm sorry. <laughs> and we also have a Patreon that we will be, I mean, you can still sign up on our patreon.com slash crimes and cocktails, uh, and you can be one of our fans for as little as $3 a month, and we'll send you a cool sticker, and we'll give you a little shout out. Uh, so yeah, check us out if you're not already doing that <laughs> yep come and say hi <laughs> and uh we will see you guys catch you guys on the flip side bye oh my God.